Welcome back to the Marvel Movie Minute, a daily podcast in which we disassemble a film from the Marvel Cinematic Universe into one-minute segments, and then examine it in obsessive and occasionally hilarious detail. I'm Kyle Olson from the Swashbuckling Ladies Debate Society podcast. Hey, um, I'm Rob Cabosco. Hi, Kyle. Oh, hey, Rob. You seem a little low energy there. What's going yeah, on? I'm a little, uh, yeah, I'm a little bit down. I, uh, yeah, I, here's the deal. I kind of I felt this way when I woke up this morning mm-hmm. and didn't feel really good. I'm just low energy. Um, I've asked somebody to come join us today to to kind of pump me up a little bit. So, oh, okay. um, so here we go. Sure. Ladies and gentlemen, Steve Bomber. <laughs> developers, developers, developers. Seventy five ice teas later, we, <laughs> we. That's his story, by the way. Okay, Steve Ballmer. If you don't know, that is an infamous recording of him. I think that was an early 2000s Microsoft event that he came out a little too excited, but that's okay. <laughs> he's a here's a cheerleader. He's fine. And let me tell you something. He's been, I know he's been maligned and people have made fun of him <laughs> over the years. He's super enthusiastic. He, he now's a, the most enthusiastic fan for the National Basketball Association's Los Angeles Clippers because he owns them. <laughs> uh, Long story short, Steve Ballmer, he was hired by Bill Gates in 1980 at Microsoft. He replaced Gates as CEO in 2000. He served as for, for, for uh, CEO for 14 years. Yeah, kind of an interesting tech uh, leader. Good things, some critical things, all different things to be said. And yes, he's he's kind of a goof and he's admitted mm-hmm. that. I mean, right? Unless you think he's too goofy, he's worth $88 billion. <laughs> so everybody. We should all be that kind of goofy. Yeah, you can be as goofy as you want. Right. That's fine. But I just always laugh because that is infamous that everyone knows that, yeah, he could, he had a tendency in the 2000s to come out at Microsoft events and he was he was a little bit too much enthusiastic. Like it's, it was a little crazy. That's I whenever I see the next minute that we're going to talk about that is channeling. Justin Hammer is channeling <laughs> one of one of the characters from the stories of technology. And I think it's Steve Ballmer. So, because we're about to get white funky here at minute ninety three <laughs> yes. of Iron Man two from two thousand and ten, directed by John Favreau, uh, and so we uh, pick up where we left off. I actually in this book, I, I thought that the 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 cutoff happened a little later. So Tony Stark is still in the midst of his uh, his new energy that he's getting from his, the Starkium uh, in right. his new arc reactor. Uh, so the screen's getting brighter, and he says, "Oh wow, yeah!" As it goes, yeah. it's a nice transition because the screen whites out and. And then we transition over to the expo. So we've uh, I've gone from the West Coast all the way to the East Coast in, in the course of one white wipe. Um, and so as we're there, then we see a car pull up. It is an Audi A8 LD3 Type 4E. And it's driven, being driven by Mr. Happy Hogan. Uh, so as they pull up to the, the side, he pumps out uh, Natalie a.k.a. Natasha Romanoff, hops out and opens the door for Miss Pepper Potts, the current CEO of Stark Industries. Uh, so Happy says, I'll keep the car down here, all right? And Pepper says, thank you, Happy. So like, yeah, man, that's your job. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah dude. Like, stay here. Yeah. <laughs> Just hold the Just car. Just stay with the car. So, Rob, uh, do you happen to know what an LBD is? LBD? Yeah. Uh, No, wait, no. Well, according LBJ, to I'm, no, not, I'm, not yeah. LBJ. No, this is yeah, the okay. LBD. Uh, and every woman who's listening to this is like, yeah, I know what LBD is because according to fashion historians, 
Yeah, uh, the LBD is the oh. little black dress. Oh yes, every woman should have an LBD in their uh their, their gallery. No, what their closet? There, well, closet. Yes, but what's the wardrobe there? What's the name of the collection of clothes? Man, disambiguation. Yes. It's struck in my head now. It, um, oh. So that term was coined by. Coco Chanel in the 1920s uh, to oh. describe a smart but affordable classic dress. So if you never know, it, it's perfect for any occasion. And as they get on, they, both Natalie and Pepper are wearing their versions of the LBD. Which, by the way, I just want to say when this happens, as you've seen and we've talked about, obviously, that Natalie Rushman, the character of Natasha Romanoff. I couldn't help but think that, wow, Natalie has decided to fully enroll in the Pepper Potts School of Management and Style. Yes, as as a good spy should be. Yeah, see, she yeah. has she has blended in. So she no. is taking on the mannerisms and fashion sense of her boss. OK, it's funny. Like you see it and you're just like, whoa, OK. But then you get that. Yeah, this is the role she's playing. She's showing that. Oh, yeah, I, I want to learn everything from you and I want to do this because. She's got to be fully embedded in the details of what is about to happen or what what she's preparing for maybe to happen. That's right. And so as they're walking up the steps, then they're almost in sync. Yes. Like step by step, they're going up and carrying the same black. Not the same, but like they're both carrying a black handbag. It's very uh, simple. I'm yes. sure. I'm sure Peppers has a lot less weapons <laughs> than Natalie does in hers. Yes. Uh, and over the now, over the loudspeaker, we hear the announcer saying, "Justin Hammer, his presentation will begin shortly in the main pavilion." So, and then we, as we go and they take their seats, then the lights drop, and then needle drop. Oh. We hear "Pick Up the Pieces" by the Average White Band it's from their album from 1974, titled "AWB." Which, once again, we're just drowning in acronyms in this thing. I know. Um, yeah, that's a weird. That's a weird theme of this so minute. That's right. It's called "Pick Up the Pieces." Uh, it's it's a uh, very funky, funky tune from 1974, uh, and it actually knocked Linda, Linda Ronstadt's "You're No Good" out of the number one spot on Billboard's Hot 100. Sorry, Linda, you gotta go. Pick up the pieces that- is here. That's your Linda Ronstadt reference? That's my Linda Ronstadt reference, yeah. That was teased. I know people have been waiting like 24 hours. Like, what is he going to say about Linda Ronstadt? I was one of those people because I couldn't (laughs) understand what that was going to be. And Oh. You're you're no good. You're no good. You're no good, baby. You're no good. Which would have been a pretty good Justin Hammer kind of theme song. Well, that's true. Yeah, actually. This, okay, this just works really well for what we're about to see. But, okay, not only... It, it one of the other pop culture references is that I think this is is in a season two episode of The Simpsons. There's a flashback sequence. Homer is listening to this song. So if you're a big Simpsons fan, you'll you are familiar with the song and you'll pick up the pieces. Mm-hmm. Like, I love the meaning of that. Like, OK, let's see if Justin can do that with the, the disaster that he's been running behind the scenes. Right. So. Right. I just like that whole there's a whole bunch of stuff going on with this sequence, not just this this cool, funky melody, which he is going to try to dance to, which we're about to see. Exactly. So this moment uh, was not scripted. This is actually not part of the thing. This is basically a Sam Rockwell improv like he. Okay, so for those of you who have seen Wolf of Wall Street, remember, there's that weird thing that Matthew McConaughey does that mm, like chanting, pounding thing. That's what Matthew McConaughey, the actor, did before scenes to get himself psyched up. Well, 
when he was doing a high energy thing, Sam Rockwell likes to dance. So he asked John Favreau to play music for him to come out to. So he oh. would have that sort of like, and so he wanted to have that high energy like coming out. And Sam Rockwell can dance. I say any movie that Sam Rockwell is in, if he dances, that movie is 10% better. It really, okay. He's, he's a really good dancer. And it really like livens up the thing that he dances in Charlie's Angels and it made that movie better. It's okay. And, and here's the thing about this scene is, this is another one of those awkward moment scenes for Justin Hammer, for yes. the character, right? Yes. Where he is trying to be cool. He is trying to be the Tony Stark. He's trying to be, and I know I made the joke about Steve Ballmer, like <laughs> he's trying to do what he thinks people want to see and do. Right. But, but, As Ballmer is to Steve Jobs' presentation. Steve Jobs, exactly. Right. Uh, this is like, this is Justin Hammer is to Tony Stark presentation. Now, Tony Stark, Tony Stark arrives in his, you know, in oh, his, his Iron suit, suit with, drops the thing in the, right. and has the gantry come and like disassemble right. him. Justin dances to a 70s song as he a walks 70 out. A 70s song. But, but here's the thing <laughs> by itself, and this, this is one of the things I really like about this is that Justin, it's, it's not that he's, you know, inherently awkward. And I know yeah. we've mentioned this before. He just has low situational awareness on like what to do when. Yeah. He's playing the part the way he thinks it's supposed to be. Yes. And okay. And what I love is the dance is cool. He's yeah. got moves. Yeah. It's totally cool. Yeah. It doesn't fit as you're about to address what we see in the audience is no. made up of Department of Defense, <laughs> yeah. big wigs, and pencil pushers. Like, yeah. that's not how this works. And I love that when he comes in, they cut to the shot, um, a close up of the audience, like the people are everyone's politely applauding. Mm -hmm. And they, they, they cut to the shot of, Pepper looking at Natasha and she just has this like, what is he doing? <laughs> but that's not my favorite face. There is an, an Asian woman behind them who's got the best expression because she's watching him and she's laughing and she's not <laughs> laughing like laughing at him. She's like, oh, this is kind of cool. <laughs> she starts clapping like, oh, I get it. This is kind of fun. Like when kind of everybody's like, wow, this is fun. This is cool. But Justin, you shouldn't be doing it right now. Like, <laughs> So like they, they, the shot, they shot the scene and they, and they thought it was funny. And so he, uh, John Favreau had no intention of being in the movie, but the editors kept putting it back. Oh, so he yes. would he would cut it, and then they would put it back in the thing because it really was just like he walks out, like he's just at the dais, like the, right. the, and, the, and so they kept putting it back, and then finally he was sitting down and, and showing a cut of it to the producers. The producers was like, "Where's the dancing? What happened?" To the thing? And he's like, uh, "Oh, really?" I was like, "Okay." So he like sort of bent to public demand and sort of put it back in, and it was one of the best decisions he made because this is an iconic scene. Yes, like, everyone who has seen Iron Man, there's you, we could we've talked you know for hours about Iron Man too. There are whole scenes we could talk about. We could talk about the bird. People might not even remember there's a bird in the movie. But everybody remembers Justin Hammer dancing. Yes. It's yes. awesome. Well, yeah. and it's great. And it's great for the character development. Because here you have a character that you know wants so much to be respected and loved and liked. Yeah. And here's a moment. I mean, okay, this is like the worst fear for a lot of people who have a fear of public speaking. <laughs> you, the, the only thing worse than having to speak in public is to completely face plant on your way to the podium. <laughs> Uh -huh. You know what I mean? Like where you can imagine how terrorizing that is to like say, oh, look, I'm doing this cool thing. Oh, that's not the reaction I wanted. 
yeah. okay, now I got to actually give the speech. We're gonna, yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm always interested in, in how people begin, like, you know, in TED Talks or anything, how do you start? Like, what is the right. thing that you do at the beginning right. to, what's your grabber? What's your thing? And, I, and even when I had to take, I mean, I have a, a degree in speech communication, so I've like taken courses on this. Like, what is the thing you use to get people to the interested hook. The hook. like the hook yeah right. exactly like what to get people to pay attention is like i'm here to discuss with you the possibility like no you have to like something at the beginning you ask right. a question you you know you you relay a personal story all this kind of stuff actually an excellent example of this is uh in and of itself on hulu uh, the uh, magician performer uh, derek delgadio has a great opening, which I don't want to spoil, but basically he pulls you in immediately because you're like, right. what is happening right now? Like, it's it's really, really good. Um, but Justin uh, tries to make a weird shift because you're right. This is a weird uh, thing to be doing right before a military presentation. Yeah. So Justin's like, yeah, like he says, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Thanks for coming. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, for far like, you know, <laughs> it's like he has to shift into like, I'm about to talk about war. <laughs> Well, and what, here's what it does is this is this is classic Justin Hammer. It really takes the shine off of what should be a sincere appeal, right? Like, yeah, he literally transitions into the, you know, for far too long, the country has had to place its brave men and women in harm's way. And then mm-hmm. the Iron Man arrived and we thought the days of losing lives would be behind us. You can't say that while you sashayed and, yeah. and discoed into the People have put in harm's way. There are men and women. Yeah. It's like no. that's the wrong. Yeah. It's the wrong. He just, situational awareness. Right. He doesn't have a lot of it. That's all. So, uh, so my question, and I honestly do not remember this, and so I'm about to rack your brain to see if you remember. Oh. Is this the first time they referred to the Iron Man? Because I, I seem like every other time they talk about Iron Man, Iron Man is just like, oh, it's Iron Man. Look out for Iron Man. Justin Hammer says, but then the Iron Man arrived. I don't like, I know there's the Batman, right. but it's not the Superman, you know, like, has anyone ever said the Iron Man? Okay. Like, that, I referred to him as the Iron Man. Okay. And I'm, and I'm really glad you brought this up because and that the minute ends, like he says, we thought the days of losing lives were behind us. And that's where the minute ends. Okay. So one of a, a beautiful little subtle nuance in the script here is Justin is doing that purposely because he is trying to divorce the suit from Tony Stark. Oh. And when you say the Iron Man, yeah. you now created it as a piece of equipment yes. and not the person. Right, which is Tony has been since since the congressional opening has been trying to flip that to have it be that I am well, Iron Man. From from the end of the first movie, right? Like yeah, I am Iron Man. He says I am Iron Man. He doesn't says right. I am the Iron Man. Right. No, no, that's that's a that's a little uh, technique or strategy on Justin's part to basically try to make that to make that distinction. And it's wonderful because you, you're right. I mean, like if you if you listen and you pick that up, you immediately see what he's trying to do. It tells more about the character and it actually plays the it plays a bigger role in what we're about to see unfold over the next few minutes. Ooh, Ooh. nice catch. Yeah, yeah. no, that's right. subtle, but it's great. Ah, this is so good. <laughs> we're good. The, yeah, it's getting the good stuff now. Um now. <laughs> now. Finally. At long last. We're getting into the good stuff here as we as we hit minute 93. So if you're a fan of social media network and powerful titans uh embarrassing themselves in public, then clearly you're a fan of Facebook. Uh yes. so we have our own uh, Facebook group. And as opposed to just a regular page where you just like it and the updates. No, no, no. We have 
a lounge. That's right. Mm. It's the Marvel Movie Minute and Next Real Podcast Executive Lounge. Uh, so you, it's our little side group. You ask to join it. Uh, we, you come in and we can talk about whatever you want to talk about in terms of movies or uh, Marvel things. Your most, your favorite embarrassing story about a CEO. And we're here for it. Uh, you just ask to join because we're trying to keep out the bots and the weirdos. Wait a minute. Maybe you share what your entrance song would be. Oh, I like that. There Let's we go. do that. Yes. See, tell, tell, like if you had to come out to do a presentation, what would your entrance music be? Oh, I like that. I already know what mine is too, but maybe I'll have to share that on the the Facebook group. So, Facebook.com slash groups slash the next reel. We'll see you over there. So, be back here for minute ninety four, where we're going to find out the definition of caisson and spend some time discussing musical comedian Tom Lehrer. You don't want to miss it. Enough said. Bye.